Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. It's good to see the online community. I actually can't see you except by faith, but I believe God has something great for you. And I, seriously, uh, last night I sent a text message to all of our, our leadership team. I said, hey, I've been going over my notes, and God wants to do something special. God wants to do something. I want you praying into this. I want you to believe for, for a move of the Spirit this morning because it is Independence Weekend, all right? And, and that means something. It, it, it means something more than just celebrating the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution and all of our civil liberties, which I, I value and appreciate because I've been places that don't have civil liberties and don't have you know, the Bill of Rights and don't have a Constitution, and you don't want to be there. This is a way better place. And, and having said that, though, I really want us as Christians, because we, we, are, we are a diverse community of people who seek God together and share Jesus and love to our city and world. That's, that's our mission statement. That's what we seek to be, a, a community that has a central unifying theme of us seeking God and sharing love. By the way, I want to brag on you last week. We gave you an opportunity to sow into the, the condo fire. Remember we talked about that, the condominiums that burned down here in Centennial and how the city had set up a, a special fund to help those victims. We raised 1000 bucks, guys. We reached our guild. So give yourself a, you're going like, wow. The next project we're presenting is indeed those backpacks with Iron Sharp. This year, to let you know, we're partnering with the Centennial Faith Council. It's a number of congregations. And we, we, the Faith Council and others, have committed to take on not only the Aurora Public Schools, McKinney-Vento kids and their, and their Title I kids, but we're going to be taking on over 1,000 kids who are the children of the homeless who are in the Cherry Creek School Districts. And somebody goes, there are homeless people in Cherry Creek School District? open up your eyes. Uh, okay. I mean, sometimes I think we walk around and we're just clueless about what's out there, but we've, we've said, Hey, we're going to do it. We're going to raise, you know, a thousand dollars. Uh, the Mormon churches of Denver have committed 10 grand to this project. You know, seriously, I went, okay, thank you very much. And, and so we want to, we want to raise funds. We'd love to raise five grand as our congregation. We'll see what happens. We got about a month, but, but the point of it is God wants us to be instrumental in bringing deliverance and freedom to not only our own lives and our own communities, but to the world. And, and when we say deliverance and freedom, the question really is, what is true freedom? What does it mean to be free? Now, number of different opinions on that. I asked several people if they remembered Janis Joplin's song, you know, Me and Bobby McGee. Do you know how many people said they remembered Me and Bobby McGee? We got two people. That's about the same response I got. But there's a lyric in that line that says, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Now, is that not depressing? Is that not discouraging? Now, to Chris Christofferson, who wrote that lyric at the time, it was a truth that he wanted to memorialize. But that's not the truth that Jesus wants us to memorialize. When Jesus says, you know, that the truth will set you free, he is not talking about the absence of any commitment, the absence of any relationship, the absence of anything left to lose. He's talking about something very special. And what he is talking about is this. It is experiencing a life transformed through Jesus and the Spirit, a life free of the oppression of our enemy, the control of sin, and the burdens of brokenness. 
If we could get that slide put up, I'd appreciate it. So, you know, as we talk about these things, I want us to remember this definition. I want us to remember what Christ said. I'll say it again. True freedom is experiencing a life transformed through Jesus and the Spirit, a life free of the oppression of our enemy, the control of sin, and the burdens of brokenness. Because when you're broken, you got a burden. Come on, somebody say it. If, you've, if you sit there and say, well, I don't, what are you talking about? You've never, if you've never had a burden, a physical burden, an emotional burden, a, a soul burden, you don't know how heavy that is. And that is not where God wants us to be. But something has, has changed in, in how we present the gospel over the last 30 or 40 years. We began to, to sort of emphasize something that's very true, which is that the gospel means that we can be forgiven of our sins, which is a really good thing. Amen? And, and we, again, you know, Jesus can forgive you. And we talked about the need that if we just confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I've talked multiple times in, in this pulpit about how our righteousness has nothing to do with us. It has 100% to do with him. And I'm a righteous man, irrespective of, of what I've been doing, because he gave me his righteousness. He clothed me with his righteousness. But, but where we stopped, and I'm not sure why we stopped here, is we stopped the gospel message at the forgiveness of sin, and we didn't go on to talk about the new life in Christ. Because the essence of the gospel is that not only can we be forgiven, but that forgiveness opens up a brand new pathway for us, a different pathway, a better pathway. It's the path of a fully devoted follower of Christ. And this is what was preached in the first century. Paul talked about this. You can see it in Acts 26, 20. He said, I preach first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles that all must repent. And that word scares us. So I want to I de-scare that word. Is that a word? Can I say that? Everybody look at me and say, repent. Reese. <laughs> That's good. It's, you know, it, we, that word scares us, but all that word means is you've been living a certain way that God doesn't want you to keep living, and if you'll change, he will bring blessings to you. So Paul says to them to repent of your sins and turn to God and prove that they have changed by the good things they do. And this is the same message Peter preached. You can go back to Acts 2, 38 to 40. This is the very first spirit-led evangelistic sermon. And Peter replied, each of you, each of you, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And he's talking to Jewish people in this particular passage. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to those far away. That would be us. We're the ones who are far away. And all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. <laughs> strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. I just have to say this. Somebody mentioned to me before service, you know that Jesus did not feed the 5,000 until after he preached for two days. And so I had to promise them that I would not preach for two days until we have a hamburger. 
Is that my assurance? I, I don't know how long I'm going to preach, but it won't be two days. Okay. So this brings us then to this point. Several weeks ago, I, I, I felt like I got a word from the Spirit during our Wednesday space and place time. And I sh I've shared it multiple times. That I, and I've been praying into this for, for us, for my own life, for my family, for, for our congregation, that, that we would be delivered, set free, and healed. Amen. Delivered, set free, and healed. And we're beginning to hear testimonies of people who are saying, hey, I'm, I'm beginning to experience that. But, but, but as I was thinking about this message of celebrating freedom, it caused me to, to question whether you really understand what deliverance is. Okay, so, so what is deliverance? In its simplest definition, it is setting you free from the influence and the oppression of demonic forces in your life. That's it. Now, we in our mind, we read the Bible and you think about Jesus and the demoniac, you know, the guy rolling around and, you know, barking like a dog or whatever. And, and you say, that's not me. I'm not that. And you probably aren't, most of you. Uh, but, uh, but, but I'm going to make a statement. There is not a human being listening to this message who has not been under spiritual attack, who has not been set upon by demonic forces, and their number one tool is to deceive you and get you to believe a lie. That is the single most effective weapon of the enemy against us walking in the transformed, free, blessed life that Christ died for us to have. He gets us to buy into a lie. And that is not what Christ died for us to have. In fact, Peter begins to, to teach in 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. When's the last time you even thought of Satan? I know people say, I don't even think about devil. I don't even think about Satan. Apparently, Peter thought we should. Don't bring it up. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. James said this in James 4, 7, and 8. Humble yourselves before God. The humble shall be exalted. The exalted shall be humbled. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. We shared that verse about seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and that works. And then finally... Christ, record, or Luke recorded this sermon of Jesus. He said, yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among, among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. And don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. The point of it is we're eternal beings. And so, so here is what I want you to hear from me. There are Christians, people who are saved, people who have, have asked God to forgive them of their sins and who acknowledge the divinity of, the, of Christ. But they, they find themselves in bondage to a lie that has a demonic origin. And, and we cannot be so modern in our thinking that we believe that the devil just disappeared because it's the 21st century. Okay? 
And we cannot be so naive not to recognize that when we believe lies that directly attract, attack God's character, God's word, God, you know, God's, God's principles for how to live this life that, that somehow tell us that, that the things that God doesn't want us to do are, are, are acceptable in our lives, that we don't need to repent. I mean, who really wants to repent? We need to for our benefit. But when we get deceived, we are not free. But I have given you the ability to be free by speaking the authority of Jesus that he gave us. It's the same authority he gave his disciples. He said, look, you go out and take, take authority over the enemy. You can do that. I'm going to make a, I'm not a clinical psychologist. I am not a doctor, but I believe the vast majority of depressions in our nation are caused by spiritual roots of people believing things that are not true. And because they believe them, they have the same power as they would if they were truth. And they are toxic to us. But we just can't get rid of those things without actually standing up and saying, in the name of Jesus, I will refuse to believe a lie. I take authority over the spiritual influences. And, and it is what God wants you to do to walk in that freedom. Now, we're going to be laying hands on anybody who wants to get prayer for deliverance at the end of this service, because I believe it, it, for the vast majority of us, we are not going to manifest demonic whatever, but all of us have believed lies, and we need to learn to discern the difference. So that's, that's deliverance. What does it mean to be free from sin? It's freedom from the spiritual death that sin brings. That is a fact. I am not going to hell. I'm not. How do I know that? Because Jesus died and took that consequence from me upon himself. So to be free from sin, it says, you know, sin, it says death, where is your sting? There is no sting to death anymore because to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. But that is an incomplete understanding of being free from sin. Sin is also free from the control sin can exercise over our lives. I ask uh, for a visual today. I got chains and a padlock. Hi, Brandon. <laughs> can you come up? Thank you for sitting on the front row as if you had a choice. I'm going to recruit you. What happens is when you can you, are in sin... How long should I leave him like this? Do you? <laughs> 20, what? Can you suck in your gut? No. I, <laughs> you can hit me later, okay? All right. But, but uh, that's just mean. You, you end, I'm sorry. I'm terrible. I'm horrible. I know. Please forgive me. Would you forgive me? No, man. What are you talking about? Anyway, so, but, but, but when we are in bondage to sin, it, it, it's attached to us. And just, just like these chains limit his freedom, because they do limit his freedom, my habitual bondage to sinful activities takes my freedom away. All right? Thank you, Brian. Hey, look, you get two hamburgers for being willing to come up here, all right? And, and the sad truth about sin is 
Now, I, I didn't have any opiates, so I, I just brought in Tylenol, okay? But, but, but often, habitual problems start out as something that's actually good for us, or at least it's not toxic to us, but then if we abuse those things, they go from being Tylenol to fentanyl. You see what I'm saying? And we, and we, we keep thinking that we're taking Tylenol when, dude, we're smoking grade A crack. <laughs> And I know crack isn't fentanyl, but, but please, you get my point. Something that was intended to be good becomes evil. But what does the word say about sin? It says this in Romans, again, Paul writing, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Again, set free from the consequences of sin. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Jesus so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. Remember this. Jesus and his disciples wouldn't have taught people to repent if the Spirit didn't make repentance possible. Jesus wouldn't say repent. And if you couldn't do it, they wouldn't have said go do it. Okay? And they wouldn't have said it if repentance wasn't necessary. If it wasn't necessary to, to be willing to, to walk free of those sinful things that we might experience the new life in Christ, they wouldn't have bothered to say it. But, but they said things like this. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. But sometimes you need a little help. Sometimes you need a friend to hold your hand on that journey. And, and that's why it says in Galatians 6, 1 through 3, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. They don't need to be kicked again. They really don't. And be careful not to fall into the same temptations yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, you obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are fooling yourselves. And you are not that important. <laughs> I, mean, I love that. You, I, I, I'm a, you, do you know who I am? Pastors get into this. You know, I'm too busy to stop to listen to somebody. That's a lie. All of us struggle with sin. All of us. All of us are, are looking for God's grace. And all of us need help at times to, to begin to walk free of some things. Because there's just some stuff you're not going to get out of unless you get out of it together with somebody else. But Jesus came to set us free from sin. And at the end of this service, when we lay hands on people, if you're struggling with something, we believe you can get it broken off you. I had someone share with me that they had struggled for literally two decades with, with an issue in their life. And I was speaking about this being delivered, set free, and healed service. And he said, I was in my office, and God lifted it from me. And it has been three weeks that every day it tormented me for decades, and I haven't had a problem in three weeks. I'm telling you, that is not 
supposed to be unique. We can get that. Now, what else does Christ do to bring us freedom? He heals us. Body, soul, and spirit. Whatever is broken, Jesus can heal it. Christ, when he began his ministry, went into a synagogue and he took a scroll down and it was from the prophet Isaiah, I believe. And he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of God's favor has come. It is still the time of God's favor. It is still the time of deliverance. It is still the time of freedom. It is still the time of healing. And it, it says that in Matthew 4.23, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Every kind. Mental illnesses, Jesus can set you free. Broken bones, arthritis, blood disorders. Can he heal baldness? <laughs> I don't know. That's not a disease. Okay, thank you. There's nothing wrong with a bald head. You know, it's perfectly fine. It's, but but what, whatever it is, we believe God can heal it. And we've seen God heal it. And we need to, to step out in faith and let God have the opportunity. Because a lot of times we don't even give God the opportunity. We don't even give him the chance. And yet this is what James said our meetings in some context should look like. He said, is any of you suffering hardships? You're going through depression. You're going through discouragement. You're going through you know, oppression from the enemy, spiritual attacks. You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises because you realize that every good and perfect thing comes from God. And just as David at our transition said that, hey, we need to just thank God. That's what James said. Our lives should be perpetually filled with acknowledging God's goodness and his blessings and saying, thank you, Lord, it is you. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, meaning that there's a reason why you're sick, you will be forgiven. No condemnation. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. Who is righteous? We are all righteous. The earnest prayer, the heartfelt prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I remember one time we were, Marilyn, I hate to pick on you, but, but, but we were at a meeting and this person had a need. They go, I've got to get Marilyn Hickey to pray for me because she's a righteous woman. And I looked at him and I said, but so are you. So her prayers should be no more effective than your prayers, shouldn't they? Because with the same word, now you prayed for them and it was great. We, we, we weren't trying to have a theological debate. But the point in her life was that she somehow thought that some people have prayers that get answered and some people have prayers that don't. And that's just not true. It, says, it doesn't say that the fervent, earnest prayers of a special select group of, of people have great power. It says the prayers of any righteous person have great power. Elijah 
was as human as we are. And yet he did, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the skies sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crop. If anybody's praying for rain here in Denver, would you stop? <laughs> Please just stop. <laughs> You know, I know you shut the sprinklers off and you're trying to save some money, but please stop, all right? It's just, anyway. <laughs> My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Man, don't watch each other wander off. Let's love each other enough to go out and speak the word of God. So where are we going? Well, before we dismiss and, and enjoy ourselves in the picnic, I want to open up these altars to anyone who wants to experience true freedom. This is not about condemning anybody because every single person in this room and everyone online is guilty. There, there's no one listening to this message who hasn't believed a lie of the enemy and accepted something that the devil sent into your life to destroy you as truth. And we need to be set free from the lies of the enemy. We need to be delivered from the lies of the enemy. We're never going to be free if we keep buying into falsehoods. Secondly, there's a whole bunch of us who don't want to keep doing stuff that we know is wrong. Amen? There's a lot of us, and, and, and if there's a lot of us who don't want to keep doing stuff that we know is wrong, that we know is toxic, that we know is saddling us with chains that limit our freedom and keep us in slavery, then why don't we get set free? And there's some people out there that you got a broken heart because somebody did you wrong. This is the morning for you to get healed of that broken heart. There's some people out there, you got broken bodies. You got broken bodies because sin hurts. And somebody who was in sin did something to you, or maybe you got hurt doing something wrong. Or maybe this broken world just smacked you up the side of the head with a diagnosis that you never saw coming. But the Bible says that what two or more agree is touching. It will be done for them of their Father in heaven. People say, why do you believe in healing? Because I've seen people healed. It's as simple as that. I believe in healing because I've seen people healed. I believe in healing because, because the word says so. And say, what, what, I don't care about whatabouts. The Bible just says that if you're sick in body, ask the elders to pray for you. And let's put it on God, not on us. Amen? Let us, let us be obedient. And so this morning, if you are in a place where you just know that depression and discouragement and, and a lack of faith has just been attracting your soul, I need you to get up and start moving down here. If you're dealing with any kind of habitual thing you want to get set free from, I need you to get up from your seats and I need you to come down here. If you are sick in body and you need to be healed physically or emotionally, I need you to get up from your chairs and come down here because there is going to be a release of God's anointing per the the, the word of the Lord that is going to bring deliverance to people. So come on down front. Squeeze in, if you would. Just squeeze in, squeeze in, squeeze in. Find space. 
Thank you, worship team, for coming on up. Come on up. Come on, God. Now, pastors and elders and all the others we've got, I'm going to need your help to just begin to anoint people, to just pray over them. This is Lex. He's one of our young adults. Isabel's going to help me out here. You're going to pray for people. Now, here, come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. Squeeze on in. Squeeze on in. Squeeze on in. This is not some kind of uh, 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 just thing. This is, this is faith at work in Christ's name. Faith at work. And uh, Jordan's got some uh, olive oil here to anoint you. We got some other things. I'll take it down here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just begin to pray. We, we, we got some of the leaders here. Help yourselves. Take that. And so, God, we just begin to pray in the name of Jesus. There's, there's people down here. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. These are people who you love. You died for. You came to set free, God. And you said that we don't have to be in bondage anymore. You said we could be delivered, God, body, soul, and spirit. So I pray, God, against the lies of the enemy. I come against spiritual forces in the heavenlies. I come against demonic oppression, oppression that, that, that attacks the very soul of our faith. And God, we say it is broken. It is broken in Christ's name. It is broken by the power of God moving through us right now, God, in this room and in this place. Online, on the internet, God, wherever people are watching, there is freedom coming to people right now, God. The lies of the enemy are being exposed. His, his, his methods are being revealed. The deceptions are being, are being washed away, and truth is setting people free. They are loved. They are valuable. They are precious. What the enemy intended for evil, God, you are going to turn around. You're going to cleanse their minds, and you're going to set them free, God. You're going to set them free. You're going to set them free, God. You're setting them free this morning. We thank you for that. God, we come against, we come against hurts, habits, hang-ups, addictions, compulsive behaviors, any of those things, God, any of those things. They may have started out good, God, but they've gotten twisted. They've gotten warped. They've gotten, they've gotten something. But God, in Christ's name, in Christ's name, we say that people are free, that repentance can go forth, God. Real, tangible transformation, God. We can set down the sins that so easily trip us up and walk away. We can walk away. We're not going to do that stuff anymore. We're going to walk away, God, with your help. And with your power washing us, God, renewing us, cleansing us, God. Repentance is not impossible. I don't care if we've struggled with this for decades. It is not impossible. Repentance is coming. Repentance is coming. Repentance is coming because you want to help us to repent. You're going to help us, God. Broken, 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 broken. We see it broken. Broken off people right now. Broken off people, God. It's broken. It's broken. That control is broken. Those chains are broken. Those locks are unlocked. They are set free, God, to experience the full life in Christ. Come, Holy Spirit. Just wash over, wash over, wash over. Wash over, God. Let this be a watershed moment new birth and full birth not just salvation but new life in Christ is coming and healing 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 God healing is coming healing is coming healing is coming 
Healing is coming, God. Believers are laying hands on the sick and they are recovering. God, the prayer of faith is lifting up bodies that have been ravaged by the enemy. Healing is coming in this house. Cardiac healing, neurological diseases are going, blood disorders are going. You know, God, tumors are shrinking. Cancer is bound in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The spirit of love and the spirit of life and the spirit of hope and the spirit of joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and perseverance is descending all over this room, all over this room, all over this room and online, God. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, come, come. We are delivered, we are set free, and we are healed. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, do your stuff. Do your stuff, God. Do your stuff. Do what we can't do for ourselves. Move through us. Move through us. If something was hurting and you're saying, can I, you know, how do I know what's going on? Try it. Try moving it and see whether it's, it doesn't hurt anymore. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching online, you're saying, you know, what do I got to do? Just say, God, touch me. God, touch me. If you're out here in your chairs or out in the foyer or wherever you're at, you hear this message. What do you do? Say, God, touch me. God, touch me. God, touch me. God, touch me. Thank you, Christ. God, touch each and every believer. Let no one go away unfilled. Let no one go away unfilled. Let families, God, just be blessed with the blessings of the Lord. They add no sorrow. They add no sorrow. They add no sorrow. We're just letting God go. We're not, not in a hurry. The hamburgers are waiting. encouraging but but I also encourage you to not 
let this moment be an ending but a beginning. That you would let this moment draw you into a deeper relationship with God, that draw you into our small group ministry, draw you into our, our ongoing church services, our Wednesday night prayer times, our, our Friday night prayer time, this, this Friday. Because, because this new life in Christ is meant to be lived in community, not on your own. Um, it's just that when the devil looks around who he could devour, he always looks for the weak and the isolated because that's always the person most susceptible. And all of us have been weak and isolated at times. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful thing. I'm going to dismiss you. A couple things you should know. Yesterday was Pastor Marilyn's 92nd birthday. Yeah, all right. She's doing all right. Today is Pastor Pat's 70th birthday. Yeah, so... If you see them, just give them a big hug and tell them you love them and uh, enjoy this time. I, I think there's even ice cream out there, and ice cream is of God. And uh, just always remember that. So go with God. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.